Richard was at the top of his world. His contributions to the academic sphere had made him the most celebrated academic mind in all of Britain. But, most importantly, it had landed him a research position in the largest library in all of England, and he had spent his days in intellectual bliss, perusing manuscripts and writing works that he knew would immortalize him, not just in Britain, but across the globe. Richard had spent his days poring over one of the library's rarest manuscripts. And, resting from a long day's work, he knew that he was well on his way to completing his masterpiece. But something seemed odd. Richard could swear he could smell smoke. Hurriedly, he rushed to the library to find it engulfed in flames. How could this be? The manuscript that would immortalize him was still inside, a feast for the fire. And Richard knew what he must do. Stealing himself, he took a deep breath and rushed into the flames. Welcome to the Forgotten Archive. I'm Dr. Perry Neil Harrison, and I'll be your curator and guide as we explore some of the strangest, most surprising, and most controversial written works ever created. Along the way, we'll examine the details that make these artifacts so extraordinary, as well as delve into the fascinating minds of the people and cultures who made these books. But remember, sometimes a book's cover has its own story. The archetypical example of a lost library is, of course, the Great Library of Alexandria. And the library at Alexandria has rightfully gained its reputation as a book lover's tragedy. But, ultimately, the Great Library was not only lost just because of sacking and destruction, but rather also due to some of the forces that threaten our libraries today. Lack of funding and support. By the time the library was sacked during the Palmyrene invasion of Egypt in the late 3rd century, the library and its holdings were already a shadow of its former glory. While the Library of Alexandria is the most famous lost library, the disaster detailed at the top of the episode, the Cotton Library Fire, is just as worthy of attention. Sir Robert Bruce Cotton was a member of British Parliament and an antiquarian. Over time, Cotton managed to build up quite an impressive library, a collection he passed on to his son Thomas. Thomas, in turn, passed to the library on to Robert's grandson, John. Each generation of the Cotton family added to the collection and helped ensure it remained safe and intact. Ultimately, it became, for its time, the most extensive collection of rare books and manuscripts in all of England and it held several of what we think of today as the heavy hitters of British literature. Robert's library contained the only known manuscripts of both Beowulf and Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. In fact, when John Cotton donated the library collection to the country of Britain upon his death in 1702, his books became the foundation for what is now the British Library. And keep in mind... This collection was gathered before the invention of modern cataloging systems, such as the Dewey Decimal System. To keep his books organized, the Cotton Library's librarians created their own in-house filing system, 
Above each shelf in the library, the librarians placed a bust of a historical ruler, and this bust helped name every book in that particular shelf. For example, the second book on the first shelf underneath the bust of Julius Caesar was called Julius A. II. The fourth book on the third shelf underneath Emperor Nero would be Nero C. IV, and so on. Even today, the books that the British Library inherited from the Cotton Library still use these names. The manuscript containing Beowulf, for instance, is Vitellius A. XV. It was truly an impressive library, and that made it all the more tragic when, on the 23rd of October in 1731, the Cotton Library caught on fire. Now, the head librarian was a man named Richard Bentley. Bentley was one of the preeminent scholars and linguists of his day, but, luckily for centuries of book lovers, he was also a quick thinker. Learning of the fire, Brintley braved the fire to grab the manuscript he believed to be the most precious in the collection, the Codex Alexandrinus, a 5th century Greek Bible. He then quickly alerted the local fire authorities, who went to work fighting the blaze. However, the damage to the collection was catastrophic. All in all, 13 one-of-a-kind manuscripts were completely lost, including the Old English poem The Battle of Malden. Beyond the manuscripts that were completely consumed, more than 200 others were damaged. And what may not be immediately obvious is the manner in which many of these manuscripts were damaged. Yes, quite a few of these books, like a unique 5th century copy of the book of Genesis, were charred and burned. However, a large number of books also suffered water damage from the efforts to contain and put out the fire. In fact, all in all, these waters caused just as much damage as the flames. As heartbreaking as these losses are to bibliophiles, they could, of course, been much worse. In truth, it is only because of the library's staff during the fire that many of the books and manuscripts were saved. While Richard Bentley is the most notable for risking his life to rescue the Codex Alexandrinus, a number of other library staff rushed to alert city authorities of the fire and joined in efforts to fight the fire themselves. While the losses and damages caused by the fire were significant, they could have been much worse had the library staff not acted swiftly to ensure the collection could be salvaged. The Cotton Library is not the only collection that has been saved by the quick actions of library staff. Just a few short years ago, the Armstrong Browning Library in Waco, Texas, came perilously close to joining the ranks of lost libraries. And unlike the Cotton Library, it was not fire that threatened the Armstrong Browning, but rather water and a flood. The Armstrong Browning Library is a special collections library on the campus of Baylor University. The library holds the manuscripts, letters, and many of the personal belongings of Elizabeth Barrett Browning and her husband, the poet Robert Browning. The collection also holds the manuscripts of other 19th century poets, such as Christina Rossetti. In addition to its proper holdings, the library is also home to the world's largest collection of secular stained glass, and the building is often rated as among the most beautiful libraries in the United States. 
There'll be more on the Armstrong Browning in a later episode. I do recommend you take a moment to do an image search for the library. It truly has to be seen to be appreciated. As impressive as the library is, it is also well protected against one of the common natural disasters in central Texas, tornadoes. In 1953, a total of 33 tornadoes ravaged downtown Waco over the course of three days, and the city is, in many ways, just recently recovering from this disaster. So it seems natural that the Armstrong Browning Library would place its most valuable holdings, including the handwritten manuscripts of the Brownings themselves, underground to protect against tornadoes. However, holding the manuscripts in the basement presented problems when the unseasonable torrential rains of the summer of 2017 bombarded Waco, Texas. The library has limited operating hours on weekends, and so none of the staff were present when the rains began to seep under the basement doors and toward the library's vault. And the manuscripts would have surely been severely damaged, if not destroyed entirely, had the library's administrative assistant not realized the danger the library was in. Despite the citywide flooding, she drove to the library and began to pile up sandbags to keep the floodwaters at bay. And her efforts worked. Not a single manuscript was damaged during the 2017 floods. The same, however, cannot be said about her SUV, which washed away during the downpour. Because of her efforts, the Armstrong Browning Library did not join the ranks of lost libraries, and this deserves our respect and our recognition. As cultures, our libraries play the important role of preserving the knowledge of the past while helping us build the knowledge of future generations. So, when a library is lost, we don't just lose parchment, paper, and ink, we lose access to entire worlds of knowledge. And when people place life and property at risk to save these books, they preserve these worlds for the future. Thanks for joining us today on The Forgotten Archive. If you've enjoyed yourself, head over to theforgottenarchive.com or anchor.fm forward slash theforgottenarchive and click the follow button. You can also like this show on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching The Forgotten Archive. Original music for this podcast is by Trip Page. You can find his music on Spotify by searching for Trip Page. That's Trip with two Ps. I'm Landis Hosterman, and thanks for listening. Until next time, remember, sometimes a book's cover has its own story.